Cornerstone Church of Dothan, Alabama is built on the unchanging Word of God. We believe the life-altering message of Jesus Christ is still the only power on earth of changing a human heart. Now, let's join today's message. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, please turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We've been in a series that uh, I've entitled Full Speed Ahead. Full Speed Ahead. And this is something the Lord really put in my heart back, oh, it's probably been a couple of months now. Uh, the importance uh, of, of where we are right now in, uh, is, as far as, you know, the, the coming of the Lord, the, the place where our world is right now, all that's going on. And, of course, in our own nation, uh, where we are with this upcoming uh, uh, election. And, I mean, just a lot going on right now. But yet, one of the things that we have to, I believe, keep at the forefront of our thinking is why we're here as a church. We're here to be an influence maker, amen. We're not here to be influenced by the world. The church has a place in society, in the world, to be an influencer with good, with right, with the gospel, with light, uh, you know, with the Word of God. And so it's important that we keep in mind, you know, why we're here. What purpose do we have as a church? And so uh, the Lord really put it in my heart, as I said, for us as a church family, but also individually as, as families, individual, but also as a church, that in these days that we're in, it's important to just let nothing, I mean, hold back nothing. I mean, just desire above everything else that we're going to be moving full speed ahead. And the, the term full speed ahead, it's really a nautical term, and it means this, it means to move forward with maximum speed. In other words, it doesn't mean just to kind of chug along. It means to move forward with maximum speed. It means maximum effort without reservations or delay. I love that. It also means this. It means with all possible energy and enthusiasm. Energy and what? And enthusiasm. To move as fast and strongly as possible with all out effort. And I believe that's where we all need to be in our individual lives, but also as a church. Would you agree with that? This, this is the time, uh, and maybe as much as any other time that, of human history, that the church be the church. Amen. That individuals be the light and the salt that God has called us all to be. Uh, this is not, not a time to hunker down and, and let fear dominate our lives and kind of sit back and wonder, I mean, what, what's, all, what's happening? What's happening? I'm telling you what, folks, God has a master plan, and His master plan will be accomplished in Jesus' name. It will be. And our responsibility as the church is just to follow His lead. Amen. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to lead us and direct us. You know, we've looked at some things concerning Joshua and how that you know, Joshua was given a command uh, by, you know, by the Lord. I want you to take my people and you go into the promised land. I want you to rise up. I want you to go. I, I don't want you to hold back. I want you to, to let me lead you. My spirit's going to direct you. My presence is going to be with you. I want you to sanctify yourself. I want you to prepare yourself for what's, what's ahead. You know, and, and I believe this with all of my heart, that, that believers, when we start preparing our heart in faith for good things and great things, we'll see good things and great things take place. Unfortunately, too many people, too many people, unfortunately, just expect bad. And, you know, things have always seemed to have kind of maybe not worked out for them like they want. I know people. And you know people that in life have felt like they've kind of got dealt, you know, kind of got dealt a bad hand. 
for whatever reason. And we're not blaming anybody. We're not judging anybody. But folks, I want you to know something. With God on your side, amen, nothing is impossible. And moving forward is it, the cry of the heart of God today to his people. He told Josh, I want you to rise up and I want you to go. Because I'm getting ready to take you to a place that you've never been before. And I believe with all of my heart that God's taken individuals to places that you've never been before in Him. He's taken your family to places you've never been before. He's taken not only this church, not only Cornerstone Church, but I believe He's taken His body to places the church has never been before. In the place of signs and wonders and miracles and people's lives. And seeing things absolutely that, that can only be attributed to the hand of God. To faith in a faithful God. And so we're in those days right now where it is, it's full speed ahead, allowing the Lord to direct us in what we're doing. You know, realizing that where we're going takes obedience, doesn't it? It takes obedience. You know, it, it takes, you know, maybe not knowing exactly what it's going to look like, how you're going to get to the end of the journey, but realizing just, just as Abraham, the Bible says that he obeyed God not knowing where he was going, but he still obeyed. I love that. I remember many years ago I heard Brother John Osteen preach that message at camp meeting 1989 out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I heard him preach that. I'm telling you what, and it went off in me. Oh, my goodness. It just went off in me because at that time God was getting ready to take Steph and I on a journey. We were getting ready to take a journey we had never been on before. We were getting to re leave comfortable surroundings. I had a good job. We had a nice home. I mean, I was involved in church. Michael was a little guy. I mean, I mean, life was, was just, as far as everything around us, was really good. But there was something on the inside of me. Something that was burning deep within my spirit, in my heart. They said, I know there's more. And I'm sitting at camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1989. And I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say, not an audible voice. I heard him say, go get an application to go to Rainbow Bible Training Center. And the journey started. 1989. 1989 is when this journey started for us. And I'm telling you what, <clears throat> praise God, we've been full speed ahead ever since that time. Amen. Amen. And it's been a good journey. It's been a wonderful journey. But I believe this, it's not near over with yet. Amen. Amen. With what God has for our family, what God has for this church family. I mean, I tell you, the scripture says this, he's able to do what? Exceeding, abundantly, Above what all that we can ask, think, one translation, ask, think, or even imagine. And see, God is, I, I just believe when, the, the, one of the reasons, you know, I see as a, as a minister to encourage people to read the Word of God, to find out what God's Word says, you know, it's not just to say, yeah, I read the Scripture today, not just to mark off a list, yeah, I did that. But the, the Word of God has an intended purpose. Amen. It has a purpose. It's, a, it's like the seeds on a seed has a purpose. In that seed, in that apple seed, in that orange seed, in that beet seed, is a, is a tree, is greatness. And in the Word of God, that Word of God is like seed planted on the inside of us. And as that seed is nurtured, as that seed begins to grow, it begins to produce in our life. Amen. And, and the Word paints a picture for us. Of how important, you know, the things that God says are about us. Not what the world says, but what the Word of God says about us. That Word paints a picture. It gives a vision, if you will, of who you are. Of, of what you can do in Him. Amen. 
of what you have, of, of, of what he wants to accomplish through you. And I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But it's so important for us to allow the Word of God to paint a picture. Not your circumstances, not what people say, but let God's Word paint a picture for you. You know, God, you know, uh, God took Abraham out. He said, Abraham, I want you to look up at the stars. Look up. Look at the stars. Remember that? He said, if you can number the stars of the sea, you'll be able to number the, the stars in the heavens. You will be able to number your descendants. Of course, you can't number the stars. What was he doing? He was getting, getting on the inside of him a vision, a, a purpose that's greater than anything you can, you can really imagine in your natural way of thinking. And so we're living in this time where God said, I want you to go full speed ahead. It requires obedience, though, doesn't it? It requires us being completely, uh, you've heard this term, sold out. You could use this phrase, committed. You know, you, you, could, you could use this phrase, holding nothing back. You could use the phrase, full speed ahead as well, of realizing that where God wants you and I to go. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, we read the scripture last week from the message translation. We're going to read it in the New King James again, and then we're going to reread it in the message translation. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says this, Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained, or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Boy, I love that. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Does that just resonate with you this morning? I pray it does. I pray something about that goes, mm, it just begins to stir something on the inside of you. Now, I want to read it from the message translation. And if you would just follow along with me as we read this, because it says some things a little bit differently that I really want us to, to look at for just a moment. Paul said this, yes, all things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Now, this is a nice way to put it, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. I didn't want some petty and fear brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I love that. Verse 10 says this, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. Mm. Verse 11, if there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Focused on the goal. I'm not saying that I have 
this all together that I haven't made. But I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Oh my goodness. Verse 14. First, I'm sorry, verse 13. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. Verse 14. I'm off, I love this. I'm off and running. And I'm not turning back. Selah. You know, you could read that about 14, 15 times, and it would really do us all real good. Because you hear the heart of a man that walked with God, started churches, I mean, had been through, you know, been through hell, but he didn't stop. Had been beaten and, you know, left for dead and stoned. And I mean, I mean, many, many things that had happened to, to the Apostle Paul. But he said this. He said, listen, I'm not, I, I'm just, that's all in the past. Because I realized something, that God is beckoning me. God is drawing me where? Onward. You know, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, and just, you know, listening and, and, and realizing some things in my own life and then just listening to people talk and aware of stories that you hear sometimes of how that unfortunately people have allowed things in their past to keep them back. You know, I, I said this, and I may have said it the wrong way last week, so I'll make sure I correct myself. But we need to make sure that we do not let our past determine our future. Amen. I am not going to allow my past, and neither should you, to determine your future. I'm not going to allow the world to define me. That's what Jesus said in John 17. I'm not going to let the world define me, so don't let the world define you. As you can't do it, or you can't make it, or you know, you've been the one that stepped out, but you haven't succeeded. Folks, I'm telling you what, just like the Apostle Paul had the, this idea, listen, I haven't gained it. Folks, there's not a person alive who's got it all together. There's not a person walking this beautiful green earth that's got, that's got it made, that's arrived. Because I've got it all figured out. No, you don't. Nobody has it. I love the, the heart of Paul. But I want to, I I'm pressing on and I want to know him. You know, when we're going full speed ahead and, and as we're moving forward in our faith and as we're moving forward to what I believe God has for, for individuals and for families and, and for this church and for his body, it's so important that we never lose sight of what's really important, of what's really important. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. God wants us to soar above the obstacles that we face in life. I heard it said, I don't know who it was, so can't give any credit for it, but uh, Someone once said that life's about 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond. 10% of what happens to you and then 90% of how you respond. How do you take what life throws at you? How do, how do you respond to the, when you get knocked down? And I'm telling you what, every person is in here at one time has been punched in the gut, if you will, spiritually. Or something happened in your life. I know, and I don't think Kendall and Jason would mind me saying this. I can, I can never imagine that Kendall Sanders thought a year ago, whatever it's been now, that she'd be diagnosed with colon cancer. Never dreamt that in a million years. But it was there. But you know what? Through that, and, and I'm going to brag on them for a little while. I'll tell you what. Through that, they kept their eyes on Jesus. And they believed that, that the, the path that God had given to them as far as medical path was the way to go. But all through the path... 
they kept looking to him. Their mouth kept saying, no, no, this, I'm going to be free of this. This is not going to take me out. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and declare the works of God. Because sometimes you get kicked in the gut. You know what happens? You, you want to stay down. You go, why is this happening to me? And I know no one in this room has ever thought that. I know I have. I'll be just as upfront with you as I can possibly be. I've been kicked in. All of us have been kicked in the gut. Every person in here at some time or another in their life has, has had to face something that you would have, never, would have never thought would ever happen. So life is what? 10% of what happens to you. But it's 90% of what you do from that point forward. Amen? You go forward. You just set your face like a flint. Come on now. You have a, you have a resolve. And it's not just a wishful thinking. It's a resolve. It's a resolve that comes from knowing him. Amen? It's a resolve that comes from knowing that he's watching over his word to perform it in your life. It's a resolve that comes from knowing if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. Amen. Glory to God. And so it's realizing, listen, I'm moving forward. I'm not going to let the things that happen to me. You know, Paul said this. He called the afflictions he faced light afflictions. Light afflictions. He said, this is for a moment. It's just fleeting. He said, there's something working in me that's a far more eternal weight of glory. But he called them light afflictions. It's realizing that we need to have a desire to passionately pursue knowing him and keeping that the main thing. Now, I, I want to talk just with you about just a few points this morning. I think they're important in going forward, what that looks like. What are some things that we need to make sure that we keep in mind? We'll talk about a few this week. And then I think next week we'll conclude this. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 2 for just a moment. Revelation chapter 2. Full speed ahead. Anybody going full speed ahead here? Amen. Amen. Not recklessly. Not just out there haphazardly doing things. Not just because someone else has done it. But by the direction of God. By what you're sensing in your heart. The first thing that we need to keep in mind as we're going full speed ahead, and these are just some basic things. These are not anything that's, that's earth-shattering and you've never heard before, but just some things that I believe are important in going forward that we need to keep at the forefront of our thinking. Keep, this is what we think about. This is the, our thought process is that, that we get to where our mind is, has been renewed. To This is what we think about, okay? And the first thing in going forward that we need to make sure that we're looking at is that we determine and keep the main thing the main thing. Or you can say it like this, is to keep and guard priorities. What's really important? You know, the Apostle Paul said this, uh, said this uh, that what, what is your life? Remember that? I think it was, I don't know, not Paul, it was James that said, what is your life? It's what? It's a, it's a vapor smoke. It's here for a little while, then what? It's gone. I mean, otherwise, it's just not here. If a person lives out, uh, lives to 120 years old, in the real big grand scheme of things, it's just not real long, is it? Not at all. Not at all is it very long. And so that's why it's important that while we're down here and we're walking this, this faith walk, this trusting God, this believing the promises of God, looking to Jesus all along the way, that we make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. Priorities are so important. There's so many things today that pull people and people are distracted. 
you know, and, and, and they get pulled in so many different directions. And of course, just life sometimes pulls you in different directions. If you have a family, you get pulled in different directions, don't you? And if you have young kids, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the requirement of your time and your energy is, you know, it's, it's there. We need to make sure that as, as, as believers, as, as those that are following Christ, as, as disciples, that we're keeping and guarding what's important, guarding what's important. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said this, all these, what? These things will be what? Added to you, not taken from you, but added to you. So he said, seek first. I heard someone say many years ago that the key to prosperity in life is Matthew 6, And I believe it. I believe seek first. What do you seek first? What's a priority to us? And we all know this, but we're the ones that determine what's important in our life. I can minister to you. I can encourage you. I can, you know, I can give you the word of God and, and share things with you that I really believe God has put in my heart to share with you. But you know what? When it's all said and done, who's responsible for determining what you will do with what you hear? It's you. It's, it's, it's me. And so we have to make that determination of what am I going to do. But, but what's important, what's really, really important, when it's all said and done, what's really important? Now, in Revelation chapter 2, we read these words, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Verse 3, and you've uh, persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Now, that, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, you really think about that, and I mean, that's, that's like they're doing, you know, if you're, if you're measuring, they're doing, a, they're doing a good job here. But then verse 4 says this, Nevertheless, I have this against you. What is it, Lord Jesus, that you have against this? That you have left what? Your first love. You've left your first love. Verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from this place unless you repent, unless you have a change of mind. That's what that word repent, it means a change of mind that changes the direction that you're going. But he said this, what? He said, I have this against you that you've left your, your first love, your first love. And that's important that we keep that in mind. Would anybody agree with me here this, this morning that all that's going on today, and as I said earlier, how busy people are, and all that's happening in life, and all the things that, we're, that, that we have to give our attention to, and our time to, and our, our effort to, and a lot of it's, I mean, it's legitimate, but yet it's important that we never, ever forget our first love, Jesus, Jesus. Remember who he is. You know, I, and, and I like to read, a lot of scriptures I read and meditate on regularly, some of the very same scriptures. But I read the verse of scripture quite often, meditate on it from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where it says that God showed us his love. He demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I meditate on that quite often. Even when I was, was, I was a sinner, you died for me. You gave your life for me. And that's important. Do you think that's pretty important that you keep that in mind? That I'm in this race. I'm running this faith race. I'm taking this faith journey because of him. And it's important. Do, do you agree with me? It's important that we keep him as a priority in our life. Keep him as a priority. 
Keep, keep our hearts sensitive toward the, the, the promptings that we get in our heart, the leadings that we get in our heart. You know, I heard, heard it said that, that today's generation and people today are so afraid to get quiet. You think about it. Everybody, you know, people go to sleep with me. No, don't get, don't get mad at me and start throwing stones, okay? I'm just going to say a few things here. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not accusing you, but just this is the way. Some people go to, go to bed and nothing, nothing wrong with it, but they maybe have CDs playing or, or music. They may have Christian sermons, but they may have something else to listen to. They wake up in the morning and it's, it's stuff going on. And during the day, bless some people's heart. I'm not sure what they would do if they didn't have a phone in their hand all the time. Everybody just look straight ahead. I'm not talking about you. I promise you. I'm talking about me, okay? No, so I'm using me for an example. But, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's that, it's going here. And, folks, I, I believe, you know what? People are just so afraid of doing, getting quiet. Because what does the Bible say? Come on and help me out. Be still. Be still. Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes you just got, you know what, it wouldn't do harm at all, just sometimes just to be still. Just sit down, no phone, nothing you're listening to, have your Bible, have a notepad there, and just be still. It is amazing. There's some things, just even this morning, I was just sitting in my study and at home, and I was, I was just praying and listening, and God gave me some things just for this morning, I just got still. I wasn't trying to study. I wasn't, and I'm a studier. I like to prepare and, and be prepared. And, but I was just sitting there. I was just, I was just being still, and the Holy Spirit just began to share some things with me. Be still. And we what? And, and know. See, the devil would like nothing better to keep people running 90 to nothing all the time. All the time. And some of you say, well, Pastor, I just if you knew my life, and how busy I am. And I, I'm not saying that what you're doing is, is bad or evil. I'm just saying sometimes you've got to recognize that, that, that busyness is, is a part of life. Yes, but if busyness crowds out time with God, if it, if it crowds out you know, spending time in His presence, then you need to adjust something else, not your time with God. Amen. Bill Howes wrote a book. I never read it, but the title is really good. Good. But the title of the book is this, Too Busy Not to Pray. It meant too busy. In other words, you're, you're, you're going on, life is going fast. So you're, if you're that busy, you need to make sure that you're praying, that you're getting the heart of God. And so the first thing that we need to make sure that we do in, in, in moving full speed ahead is, is, is not depart from our first love. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. I love this in the book of uh, Luke. Don't turn there, but Luke chapter 10. Jesus is ministering at the home of Mary and, and Martha and Lazarus. And y'all, you know the story how that Jesus comes in. And evidently, Jesus went to this home a lot and ministered with his family, ministered to people that would come and go. And so Martha's there and she's busy. What's she doing? She's getting the food ready. I mean, she's preparing. And I know some of you right now, ladies, everybody looks right ahead. Some of you are going, I'm a Martha. I'm a Martha. And then you've got some Marys. There's a time to be a Martha, be prepared. But you know what? There's also a really important time to be a Mary. And so it said here, she said to him, she said, Jesus, don't you care? I mean, I'm getting all this stuff ready, and I'm preparing all this stuff. You know, tell Mary to come help me. 
In other words, he's, he's saying, you make her, Lord. She won't listen to me because I've tried before. Now, I, that, not what the scripture says. I'm adding that. But you can just imagine. Don't you just imagine a sister one time said, you get in here and help me. I'm tired of doing all the work. Set the table, cook, you know, milk the cow, slaughter the goat. All that stuff has to be done. So you come in here and help me. And, and, and Jesus said this. Oh, I love this. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. If ever says, Debbie, Debbie, what's he want? He wanted to get your attention. He said, Martha, Martha, I love this. He said this, you're worried and troubled about many things. Not a few things. He said, you're troubled and worried about many things. Verse 42 says it like this. Boy, I love this. But one thing is what? One thing is needed. One, only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that part which will not be taken away from her so we need to we need to make sure that we're keeping the main thing the main thing that we're determining our priorities and not letting anything get in the way number two the second thing we need to keep in mind when we're going full speed ahead is we need to live with a sense of divine purpose live with a sense of divine purpose now, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, they're going to put up this uh, verse for you in the Amplified Bible. This is the Amplified of Philippians 3, verse 10. So let me read it to you. Paul said this, for my determined purpose is, what is it, Paul? Read this earlier from the New King James and also from the uh, uh, message. But listen to what he said. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Does that speak to anybody's heart this morning? How do, how do I want to, Paul said this, I want to, I want to progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope. So we see here, Paul said, listen, this is my purpose. This is my purpose. I want to know him. Let me ask you a question because this is something the Lord really, this is one of the things the Lord spoke to my heart even this morning. He said this, he said, people need to know that I have them here for a reason. Everybody, everybody has a divine purpose. Amen. The Bible says this to me, it's just a scripture that's so powerful that talks about this. And the psalmist said it like this, that, that you are fearfully and what? Wonderfully made. That God, when you were being formed in the, in, in the very depths of your mother's womb, God knew you before that. Isn't that powerful? And you look at your, people look at themselves and they go, oh, you know, I'm nothing. You know, this, don't have this and don't have a lot going for them. They're not very smart. Maybe, maybe as the world judges looks, I don't have a lot of that. And you start looking at yourself through the eyes of, of the way the world looks at you. And you and I fail to realize that's not the way God sees you at all. God sees you and I in Christ. He sees you as valuable and precious. 
live with a divine purpose. When we're going forward, you know, as we, as we get ready to enter into this new phase of ministry for Cornerstone, as we're praying out things and, and, and we believe that God's going to give us assignments and prayer to really pray things out spiritually and see things happen, not only in Dothan, but around the world. Amen. We have a purpose for what we're doing. It's not just to build a nice, pretty building and it's going to be, it's, it's gorgeous, I'm telling you. But I'm telling you what, that's not all what it's all about. It's not what it's all about. The purpose is people. The purpose is lives. That's why we're doing this. That's why it's stories. It's stories. It's God's stories. People to know. And I wish I could just walk up to every one of you and just, you know, shake you a little bit. Not a violent shake, but just a little shake. A little shake. And say, man, come on. Move full speed ahead. But let, you know, what does the scripture say in Hebrews? You know, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But he said, laying aside. Remember what he said? Lay aside those weights. Lay aside the sins that so easily beset you. And run with patience. Run with consistency. Run with perseverance the race that's set before you. And as you're running it, what are you doing? You're looking to Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. And so we have a purpose we have a divine purpose. You have a divine purpose. I have a divine purpose for being here. And thank God for His grace that helps us discover what our purpose is. Amen. I, I want to I read this verse of Scripture here to you. And we'll, we'll close with, with this one. No, we have one more, then we'll close. I think. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul said this. Listen to what he said. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. Anybody know this morning that all of us are who we are by the grace of God? Every one of us. Not by our abilities or our intellect or any natural gifts that we have. Thank God for the things that God's given to each and every one of us. But Paul said, I am who I am. Not because, you know, I, I studied more than you all. And I had all these, you know, these, 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 if you will, things that I had done and accomplished that made me who I am. No, Paul said this. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Oh, I love this guy. Listen. Not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Don't you hear his heart in that? I have a purpose for being here. And that purpose is found in the grace of God giving me the strength to do this. And I have to do this in my own might. But I have a purpose. Do you have a purpose? You know, without taking the time to read it, Jesus when uh, his parents had left, you know the story in Luke chapter 2, his parents had left, and they realized that they'd forgotten Jesus. <laughs> now, don't anybody raise your hand, but has anybody mistakenly left your child at church? There's a few of us that have. Did, it, did you wake up the next morning and go, hmm, I wonder where that kid is. Ah, they're okay. They'll, they'll make it on their own. No. Now, back in those days, it was a lot different than it is today, obviously. But Jesus, I mean, they're missing him three days. They go back and they're searching for him, looking for him. Remember the story? And they go to the temple and they find him in the temple. And 
His mother says to him, why have you done this to us? In other words, it's kind of like, why why didn't you give a little bit more consideration to us? I mean, why have you put us through this? And it says this in in Luke chapter 2. Said this, uh, son, why have you done this to us? And then verse 49 of Luke chapter 2. And, and he said, and this is Jesus, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Isn't that powerful? Now I can hear people, right? I can hear you thinking, yeah, but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Now, you know, he, he had a reason. He had a purpose. And you know, he, he, he came and he was, was going to save people from their sin. He was going to deliver people. He was going to bring people, you know, to a, uh, getting to know God and that kind of thing. And so you kind of write that off. But what you feel to realize is this. The scripture says this, as he is. So are we in this world. So we have a purpose. I'm going to tell you, when you discover what that purpose is, and we'll talk about this next week, there'll be a passion on the inside of you that hell cannot put out. And you wake up every single morning, you go, I've got, uh-uh, I'm not just waking up and, you know, and trying to see what's going to happen today. I'm waking up with a purpose. And I tell you what, when you find out what that purpose is, when you find out what God wants you to do with your life, Say, well, Pastor, what, what do you think it is? What, what, do you, what do you, for you, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I know this, God's purpose for every single one of us is this, and I'll close, I will close with this. Matthew said this, Matthew in verse 22, I'm sorry, Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said, you are to love the Lord your God. With what? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, with all your might and all your strength. This is the greatest. But he also said this. He said also, and you are too. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then verse 39 says this. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not quite sure what to do. What's my purpose? Love the Lord God with all your heart. Amen. Be passionate about your love for him. Be passionate. And we're going to talk a little bit next week about passion and, and, and how that we have it, how we, can, how we can stir it up and how important passion is in our life. But suffice it to say for this morning in closing, know that God's purpose for you is to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so going forward, I'm telling you folks, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe people are going to fall in love with Jesus. Come on now, like they never have before. I mean, we thought it was good five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I just believe this. As the old saying goes, we ain't seen nothing yet. People have a passion to know him, to introduce people to him. And as Paul says, this is my purpose, to know him and to be conformed to his image, be, be like him. So this is what God wants us to do. And so full speed ahead, full speed ahead, priorities, priorities. Keep what's important at the forefront of your life. And number two, purpose. Know you have a purpose. Every person has a purpose. I tell you, I don't think you can start telling your kids too young, God's got a purpose for your life. I know we encourage our children. God's got a plan. And you know what? It's a good plan. Now along the way, there's going to be some things happen. And you're going to have to determine as you get older how you're going to respond to the things that happen. But you're going to keep yourself focused. Are you going to keep your Are you going to keep your eyes set on the prize? Would Paul say it's the upward call of God? We believe you are blessed by this message today, and we encourage you to stay in God's Word. 
Cornerstone's mission is to be actively involved in the Great Commission by raising up and equipping a body of believers who are empowered with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God for the purpose of impacting those people around them with the love and goodness of God. For more information about Cornerstone Church and other resources that are available to assist you in your spiritual growth, contact our office at 334-983-1848 or visit us online at ccdothan.org.